Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. And today we are going to be exploring how to raise vast sums of joint venture finance. And our special guest today is the author of How to Attract Armchair Investors for Property, a guide to successfully finding private investors who will fund your property deals. He's been involved in properties, had numerous up and downs. He's here to share everything that he's learned over the years. He's also got a very special offer for you as well. So stay tuned uh, until the end in order to uh, lay claim to that special offer. Uh, Tim Matcham, thank you very much for your time. Robert, thank you very much indeed for inviting me. Great to have you on board. And you've raised over three and a half million pounds of joint venture finance. We'll we'll dive into the nooks and crannies of that moving forward. Uh, We always like to start at the beginning. So what got you into property in the first place? Great question. Thank you. Um, So I... Uh, at the age of 50, back in 2011, I, I went over to New York and I ran the New York Marathon. And I came back from that feeling not quite invincible. It, it practically broke me. Um, but uh, I came back feeling that if I could achieve that, what else could I do? And at the time, I was involved in horticulture and garden design. And I, I, I one thing led to another. I, I, I ended up at a uh, property meeting and had my pension valued and I realized that that was only going to be capable of providing me with a pension of about three and a half thousand pounds a year and clearly that wasn't going to be enough and I thought I had a pretty good chunk and I, and I saw property as being a way of being able to dig myself out of that hole rather than me digging a hole literally for, for the end of my days. So I guess the, the, the kick up the backside was that was that New York Marathon and, and it, it's still etched very clearly in my mind pretty much every step of that uh, torturous 26.2 miles. Well, that's... Uh... Fair, I mean, fair play, number one, for completing that. Uh, the thought of even walking a marathon tires me out, let alone running it. So fair play to you on on that. And going on to that property networking event, it, it, it was that point then when you realised that your pension just isn't worth as much as you thought and you needed to do something about it. Is that, does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. So I... I... Was, was in a slightly financially challenged position. I'd, I'd had a, in, in a previous life, I was, I was involved in the printing industry and the printing industry underwent a massive, massive change with the advent of the internet and, and changed beyond all recognition in this country. And I fell out of love with it and it fell out of love with me. I had a company at the time which, uh, was was really wrong place, wrong time, wrong wrong everything, and that left rather a significant hole in my my bank balance. So, I I, I faced a very big challenge. Although I knew I wanted to invest in property, I didn't have the financial, the personal financial resources to be able to do that. Um, because if you go to an, uh, a solicitor and you're asked for proof of funds. And, and those proof of funds have a little minus sign in front of them. For some reason, they don't seem terribly uh, impressed by that. So, so I had to learn, you know, different strategies to to be able to to 
learn how to to acquire property that would give me that cash flow that I needed in order to be able to not so much retire but choose what I did with my time, and 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 that for me was the the the, the critical thing. So I, so I understood that I could leverage property that that I didn't need to put all of my or anybody else's money into it because we could borrow through bridging through mortgages through through kind of commercial lending if you like and it, it was just a case of bridging the gap now when, when i started out i i didn't really have any knowledge didn't really have any experience but what i did have was time and i understood that time actually was one of the most valuable resources that i could have because you can't replace time once once this hour is gone that's it and so i understood that that if people had cash that you could get more cash i understood that if you had knowledge you could get more knowledge but with cash uh, with time rather you once it had gone it had gone there, there was no way to get more we're all blessed with the same 24 hours each and every day. So I figured out that if I could, using my time, if I could connect people who had the cash with people who had the knowledge and the experience, then that was a match made in heaven. Because somebody with cash who hasn't got time or knowledge, the, the cash is you know, going to be sitting in a bank account earning precious little these days and and somebody with knowledge but but again no time or, or no uh, cash is, is equally useless so I, I i i understood the value that i had to bring and when i say i had no knowledge you know when i first started investing in property before i went along to to these property networking meetings I thought investing in property meant going along to an estate agent with a checkbook and saying, sell me a property. And by the way, once you've sold it to me, can you rent it out for me? I, I thought that's what the, the, the whole of what property investing was. And it wasn't until I started to educate myself that I understood that, in fact, there are thousands of way, different ways that you can invest in property. Uh, and so it was a case of finding a strategy that worked for me, given my personal situation, my scenario, and, and what I was looking to get out of property. So I started very much with the end in mind. And, and that, I think, set me up really well for going forward because it, it, it allowed me to have clarity about what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. And, and a lot of people I talk to, I, I, I do a lot of mentoring now, a lot of people I talk to are, are looking only at the next six months, maybe the next year, what, you know, the next deal. They haven't really got any sort of vision of what their future looks like. And frequently they're, they're, they're doing strategies that aren't necessarily the most appropriate to help them achieve what it is they want them to achieve. And so for me, having that clarity, that absolute clarity right at the outset was critical. 
didn't did I get it right first time though? No, absolutely not. I had what I call to choose uh, I, what I choose to call learning experiences along the way. Um, call them challenges, problems, whatever you want to. But they were in in a lot of circumstances very very challenging uh, to the point where uh, I I was on the on the very brink of choosing whether or not to 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 carry on with this life and and I I couldn't quite at that time understand how it was possible for everybody else to do it and not for me to be able to do it. Everything, everything I sort of got involved with didn't seem to work or didn't seem to work to quite what I was doing. And, and it was because I didn't have proper clarity, I think, at, at, that, at that starting point. You, you touch on a, a couple of points that are going to resonate with a lot of people that are listening to this, uh, you know, number one being starting with the end in mind. Uh, a lot of people are very short-term thinkers when it comes to, you know, property. And I'll be honest, myself and Aaron are, you know, slightly different. In you know, one of us is a bit more longer term than the other, so we kind of find a good way to balance that, uh, which is nice. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. People are, you know, chasing around shiny pennies. They're not thinking of their their skill sets. They're not thinking of how they are as a person and and what you know strengths that they've got you know we've all got oh you know call it weaknesses but areas for you know opportunity or whatever and i think you should plug the gap there with people that have got those skill sets that's my personal opinion yeah yeah absolutely and and i use some very powerful tools in my in my mentoring uh we use something called contribution compass which is based on the ancient chinese i ching um uh, it, it's it's a new tool. It, it uses more modern language than some of the other similar type of uh, products that are that, that are out there and perhaps better established. But it's it's all about understanding. And, and, and Einstein framed it really really well. He said, if if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll it'll spend the whole of its life believing that it's stupid. You know, fish are not designed to climb trees. They are designed to swim in rivers, in the ocean. And, and so many times I see people who are fish trying to climb trees. They're, they're doing something that's not in their flow and not in, you know, they're, they're, they're making heavy, heavy work of something because it's not something they do naturally and easily. And we tend to overlook the things that, we do do naturally and very easily. And, and I certainly overlooked all of the things that, that I did easily at the outset. Because they were so easy for me to do, I couldn't understand why anybody else would value those things. But then I came to understand through using Contribution Compass that if you... If you are strong in one area, it also follows that somebody else might be weak in that area and th therefore stronger in another area that might complement the skill set that you have. And, and property, I'm, I'm sure people will have heard many times, is a people business. Bricks and mortar don't negotiate. It's, it's the relationship with people that counts. 
and that makes the difference. And it's, it's having the right relationships with the right people that allows you to get everything so that everybody enjoys themselves for a start because you're all doing things that you, that you like doing. You know, put me in front of a spreadsheet and lock me in a room for a day and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to be begging fairly quickly to be let out. That's not my space. That's not what I do. Put me in a room of 200 people and say, go network for the day. You know, I'm on cloud nine. That's, that's my space. And I, I, I love that. But equally, there are people who would far rather be sitting, working through a spreadsheet, creating a system, understanding the structure, and would be terrified at the thought of entering a room with even 20 people in it. And, and so it's, it's, it's understanding your skill and, and understanding how that can be then best utilized by other people, but making sure that you put yourself at the center of your world. Unfortunately, the education system, in, certainly in this country, is geared towards helping other people achieve their goals. And in a way, I kind of get that from a country perspective. The, the companies that are out there obviously need workers in order to be able to produce goods, items, services, whatever it might be. So they need to be towing the company line, as it were. So you've got to have those kind of worker bees, if you like, within any organization, within any country. But if you want to be entrepreneurial and you want to, to break out from that, it's really important to put yourself at the center of your world, not in a kind of egotistical way, but on the premise that if you are in a place of strength, you're much, much better placed to then help other people. And it's like the uh, aeroplane uh, analogy when they, they say, when they're going through the, the safety announcement to um, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping other people. And, and it's the same with this. If, if, if you understand what makes you strong and, and puts you in a strong position, you're much better able then to work with other people on a, on a, on a parity level. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. It makes absolute perfect sense. You need to be able to know yourself. You, uh, I mean, I've heard this phrase a couple of times, but you need to be selfish to become selfless. So you do have to look after yourself, you know, in the start, get yourself secure, get yourself to where you need to go. Obviously, bear in mind, help other people along the way. But, you know, predominantly in the early days, as you say, be at the, be at the center point of your contribution compass and you know, move forward with, you know, with, with the times and understand people and, and focus on your strengths. Tim, that leads me, I mean, that leads on nicely to people are going to be listening, going, you've raised three and a half million pounds. Let's start talking about that. So I'm assuming that the fact that you've, you've, got, you've got the contribution compass, you know what you're good at, you know what you're not so good at, and you have a keen understanding of, of people and wanting to know people. Now, I'm assuming it's those relationships that have helped you to raise over three and a half million pounds. 
Yes, it's, uh, it certainly has. Um, but, but I don't want people to run away with the idea that you've got to have my, my, my profile in order to be able to do this. Everybody has their own particular strength, and it's a case of leveraging that strength against what it is you want to achieve. So it's, it's finding how your particular strength and your flow can make this work for you. It, it doesn't follow that you have to have my profile in order to make this work for you. Um, it, it, it's, it's about having that clarity. And I, I take people through actually a, like a six stage process uh, to, to help people do that. And we, and we start with purpose, and we and, and then we go on to to looking at people, starting with ourselves, but also understanding the people that we want to work with, and and we also need a, a really detailed uh, analysis of of the kind of pro projects that we're working with, and that way you'll actually attract people in because those three first the, the first three P's of of, of my six P's uh, framework create what I call the story and are the beginnings of your brand. And it, and it's what people buy into. I, I was at a, a big um, property convention in London just over a year ago, and the host stood up and he asked a very poignant question. And he said, All right, two scenarios. Scenario one, a cracking good deal all the numbers stack but the, the the person that's presenting it you don't like you couldn't work with you you you'd, you'd struggle with with that relationship option two the numbers are a bit flaky they're okay but they're a little bit flaky but you really have a good uh relationship or good rapport with the person who's presented it and he asked the audience which was substantial to, to, to show by standing up which of the two options they would go for. And out of the room, and I think there were about 1,500 people in the room, six people stood up for option one. The rest stood up for option two. And what that tells me is that people actually buy people. They don't buy the project. They're, they're, they're buying into that relationship with you as an individual. And so when I was raising uh, all that money for, for a variety of different projects, it was about understanding what people wanted other than just that particular project. And, and when I talk to my investors, I'm not just talking to them about the property projects. I may be talking to them about where they've been on holiday, what their interests are, um, you know, what hobbies they've got, where they where they where they live, you know, I'm I'm building a, a relationship with that person that goes way beyond a specific project. Yes, they need to know that the project's going to work, and the number one thing that any investor wants to know is how am I going to get my money back? You know, above anything else, you know, people think you know, fret about what interest rates they should offer and all this sort of stuff. And, and frankly, that's so secondary that, that it's, it's almost, you know, I won't say it's not important, but, but it's, it's so secondary compared with 
making sure that you're able to get the money back to uh, the investor. And we all know that in, in property, things can and do go wrong. There are risks associated with any investment, whether it's property, whether it's the stock market, whether it you know, whatever it might be, there are risks associated with it. And the important thing to do is to understand what those risks are so that you've got half a chance of managing them. And it's the process of management of that that will, if you like, build the trust of the people that you are looking to have invest with you. And, and that whole cycle builds with, with you giving value in the first instance. So, you know, pe people looking at creating fabulous brochures and stuff, detailing all the, the late. That has a, a kind of a place, but again, that's secondary. They're more interested in how you tackle problems how you manage the projects that you've got on. That's, that's a far more interest and importance to an investor than the specific detail of a project. Of course, that has a place, you know, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Um, the, the numbers have got to work and you've got to make sure that the projects that you're doing are appropriate for working with an investor. It doesn't follow that just because you've got a deal that the project is going to be suitable for, for, for picking up the phone to an investor. It, it, it's understanding numbers in a way that will allow you to present it. But actually, it's the relationship that they build with you. And quite often, investors will kind of lurk. So they will, they will observe what you're doing on social media, in networking meetings, and any opportunity they have for kind of connecting with you, that they'll build a kind of mental image of who you are, what you are, what you're doing, what your values are, the way that you behave, the way you respond to people. All of this, it builds a picture and, and it's about delivering value in that space. And what that does is build trust and once you've built that trust, then they will engage with you. Then they will start to look at inquiring about investing. And bearing in mind, this is an opportunity for investors. The bank rate at the moment, I don't know the, the exact detail, but is it 0.1% or something crazy for, 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 for money in a bank at the moment? The, 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 the Bank of England rate, it's, it's pitifully low. So yeah, point zero point zero one percent at the moment. I think that got changed recently at, at the time of recording. Yeah, yeah. So you know, even if it even if it went up ten times from that, it's still pitifully low. So you know, and with the stock market being volatile as well, you know, people are looking to diversify, and there is plenty of cash out. No, it might be through inheritance, it might be through retained profits, it might be through SAS pension funds, it might, you know, there's all sorts of different sources of, of cash available out there. It might be savings, you know, all sorts of different sources of, of, of cash. And it's persuading 
in a in a in a non sort of hand up behind your back way people that that you are worthy of being invested in because they're investing in you and your values and the way that you do things and and the joy is that we're all unique we're all entirely different from each other and that's something to be celebrated because if we were all the same it would be deadly boring for a start but the but the the, the fact that we're all different means that somebody who might be interested in investing in me might not want to invest with you robert but equally somebody who's interested in investing with you wouldn't go anywhere near me because because we have it's likely that we have different values we have different ways of doing things we have a different perspective on what's important to us and it might be to do with age it might be to do with location investment strategy you know as as i said earlier there are, there are thousands of different ways that you can invest in property never mind that the kind of headline strategies that are out there within each of those there are lots and lots of different nuances and and different ways that you can do it and and it's it's finding a good match and the thing is most most people will only actually need probably two or three really good investors who are a match in order to meet their lifetime investment goals you know if 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 you can keep them sweet for ongoing investments three maybe five investors be more than adequate if if you get the right people and it's it's identifying what that person looks like to one of the sorry Robert. yeah no, i was disagreeing just saying this that's, that's, that's absolutely true it's you, you have to have the understanding and as everything if you said before know your end goal understand uh, the personal people or investors that you're dealing with take time to build those relationships and then you know find again as you say people will work with you because they like you yeah yeah absolutely and and you know one of the exercises i get my my students to 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 do is to to draw up a uh, an avatar of the kind of project that is their ideal project i i get them to draw up an uh, uh, an avatar of their ideal investor you know are, are they somebody who's who's got knowledge and, input and and experience of investing in property or are they complete newbies are they people who've got maybe a hundred thousand, or are they people who've got twenty thousand? You know what? 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 And build a picture of exactly what kind of values they might have. Whether they want a hands-on experience or whether they're happy to be completely hands-free. But all of these things build build a picture that means that it's narrowing down that funnel the whole time. Because you're not trying to to get every person that is you're connected with to invest with you, you just want the right people. Yeah, and actually, by yeah. by kind of niching it in a way, it, it gives you a much much better chance of of doing that rather than seeing everybody as a potential investor. In in my view, 
um, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who'll be going, ooh, shaking their heads and saying no to him, that's a load of rubbish. But in, in my in my experience, I'd I'd far rather work with somebody who shared my values and you know, was was pleasant to talk to than somebody I was really struggling with. You know, and I'm a people person. I generally get on well with most people, but I, but I, I, I still, I'm, I'm very picky about who I, who I will uh, invest with. I, I want to be dealing with, with in inverted commas, nice people. Um, but my nice people is going to be different from your nice people, because we have different perspectives. We have different ways of looking at things. And, and that means we're not necessarily fishing in the same pool for the, for the same amount of money. And, and, and just because I've got money doesn't mean it's restricting somebody else. You know, there is, there is more than enough money globally to, to, for, for everybody to have just exactly what they want. They just need to be clear about what they do want. And, and this is one of the things, you know, people say, oh, I, I need some investment finance. And you go, great, here's, here's a fiver. No, I need more than that. Well, how much more than that? And actually, they can't answer the question. So even if they were, if they were talking to an investor, they can't tell them how much they need. You know, fail at the first, first hurdle. You know, if you, if you don't know how much you need, it's very difficult for anybody to help you. You know, it's... it's, it's <laughs> And it, it, it sounds obvious, but actually it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people fall over with. You know, they, they couldn't tell you accurately how much they need either for a given project or for a lifetime of investing. Yeah, uh, yeah but, uh, obviously we're not doing this on video for podcast, you know, related uh, purposes, but I've just been smiling and nodding away in the background at everything that everything you're talking about and you know I'll, I'll hold my hands up to this and you know, this is something that I've discovered in you know the last five or six months is that I'm I'm on the autistic spectrum and I find on a personal level I find it very challenging dealing with people I'm, I'm very set in my ways I'm very I'm open-minded to an extent because you know it's, it's that paradox that I'm sort of dealing with at the moment is, you know, you can achieve anything that you set out to achieve, what you want to achieve, and, you know, that versus, well, if you're wired in a genetic way, you know, what can be done? So I'm, I'm sort of exploring that, which is good fun. So when it comes down to dealing with people, is I find that personally quite challenging. Give me a spreadsheet, count me in, I'll, you know, I'll sit there all day, complete opposite to you. Um, but I do find that, you know, yeah, yeah, but that's a massive strength, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. But it's a massive strength to be able to have that ability to sit in front of a, a, a spreadsheet and, and interrogate the numbers. You know, I, I have to have people in my team who do that for me because, you know, can I do it? Yes, kind of. Can I do it quickly? No. Can I do it accurately? I probably need somebody to check it for me. So don't, un, you know, just because you haven't got my skills doesn't mean to say that you haven't got skills that are massively important and relevant to this whole process. And, and there are, you know, going back to Contribution Compass, there are four very clear energies. 
and those those energies are you know kind of polar opposites of each other and and so you you need people around the whole compass to be able to pull together to work together to make this work you know i have to have people in my team who can source deals for me i have to have people in my team who who manage tenants manage builds all of that sort of thing because it's not my space i could look at every single property on right move and make a case for it that's not very helpful i need somebody who can drill down and and show me in numbers why this is a good project so i know what information i need but i'm not very good at creating it in the first place so i recognize the space that i operate in but i also understand that i need support absolutely in a number of different areas and and you know, as as we've said a, a couple of times already property is a people business don't you know unless you're some kind of sadist don't try and do it on your own group together with other people who've got complementary skills and work with them i'd far rather have you know a 30% share of something than a 100% share of nothing you know most people yeah it 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 to me it you know it it means then that i can spend much more time in my flow and doing what i like and and not have to worry about all the things that i don't like doing you know can i do them yeah uh, i mean case in point i i i a couple of years ago i i uh, did a joint venture with uh, kevin and sally cope and Ian and Bernadette Lloyd two two couples that I'd met while I was doing Simon Zucci's mastermind program back in 2013 two lovely couples and we all have very different energies in terms of our skill set and, and and what we were good at we bought seven apartments and a two bedroom cottage in in Paynton right on the seafront as serviced accommodation brilliant if if myself and kevin hadn't got together it's unlikely that project wouldn't would would ever have got off the ground and never got going so i really enjoyed that initial kind of buzz if you like of 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 getting the whole thing set up but of course once it's been set up we then need to systemize it we need to introduce processes we need to analyze the data we need to do you know ten um guest management and stuff because it it becomes very much a um a hospitality business rather than a property business and and I found that found that I was spending so much time out of my flow that it was uncomfortable it was stressful and and I wasn't being fulfilled in that particular joint venture you know I love the people and I'd go back and I'd do more work with them if an appropriate opportunity rose its head at some point in the future but that particular project wasn't right for me to stay in because it was just draining my energy i was getting super stressed about 
in inverted commas, stupid little things, but it wasn't my flow. So, I've, you know, we, we engineered an exit and, and, and very amicably, I, I reversed out of that particular business, you know, because it wasn't serving me and it wasn't serving them either. And it, when it was that conscious awareness of who we were, what, what our strengths were that allowed us to, 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 to do that completely amicably and without stress. And, and I think both parties were, were immediately relieved once, once that, that had, had happened. But you mentioned about being stressed and uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, other people, and again, everyone's got their own different views of property, which is why you know, I think all of us love property because you know, as long as you do it ethically, there's no right or wrong way. Do it, do it how uh, it works for you. But few people might look at that or listen to that and go, well, you're stressed, you're uncomfortable, but sometimes you've got to make yourself uncomfortable to push yourself. Would you agree with that or would you completely disagree with that and say you have to be in flow, you have to know yourself, you have to know your values and, and stick with that? So, so that's a great question. Um, there's, there's, there's no right or wrong answer really with it. My, my take on it is that, yes, you need to push yourself. Because if you don't push yourself and you, you know, 99% of the population stay within their comfort zone their entire life, you know, and, and they never break out of that. And, and as a result, they never achieve anything. You, 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 as you go out of that comfort zone, you go into the growth zone. And, and if you're not growing, you're dying, you're, you're contracting, you're, you're, you're shrinking. So it's really important to be in that growth zone and push yourself. But I think you can choose to push yourself in a way that allows you to grow without taking you into the next layer out, which is the shock zone. And I've spent way too much time in the shock zone, which is seriously, seriously bad for your health. So there's, there's a balance there between stretching yourself in the right direction. And, and you know, if you, if, if, you, if you pull a rubber band, for example, you know, you, you, you pull it to a point and it goes back to, 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 to where it was. But if you pull it too far, it breaks. Because it's, it's gone beyond its, 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 its capability. Uh, as, as we grow ourselves so that comfort zone grows and, and actually we're able then to take on more stuff and more challenges and at, as you grow the challenges that you'll face tend to get more and more challenging but here's the thing what i've discovered is that actually your ability to cope with more challenging things increases as well and, and without that stretching you you will never achieve that so i i now am really comfortable being stretched i love to be stretched i love to be pushed but i love to be pushed in the direction i want to be pushed in and i, and I filter the, out the things that i don't want to be pushed in because i've got so many t-shirts that are rather bloody 
from those, which were great learning experiences in themselves. But actually, I've, I've got those learning experiences. And, and now I'm using them in a really positive way rather than in a negative way. I'm not pointing the finger of blame. Uh, I'm accepting responsibility for those challenging times that I had. Because ultimately, I, I allowed myself to get into those situations. But now, rather than seeing them negatively, which arguably I did while I was in them at the time, I now see them hugely positively because I can help so many more people and and you know I know we're talking about raising finance but all of these things are are, are relevant and pertinent to this it's it, you know having an understanding of yourself and your strengths and how you can add value is massively important when you're sharing that with the wider world that is what people will buy into is your strengths and so often we overlook our strengths because we don't value them. You know, how, how many times has, has somebody said, well, you know, Robert, you're amazing at doing that. And you kind of shrugged it off because you did it so easily. You, you, you didn't give it a second thought. And, you know, I've been massively guilty of that in the past. And, you know, before I understood the value that I could bring to others, I was giving it away so freely that actually nobody was really valuing it because I didn't. Um, and, it, and it's having that conscious awareness of where and how you as an individual add value. Because if you get that, then people will buy into that because ultimately you'll be able to solve their problems through the value that you add. And, and one of the stories that I, that I, I mean, you kind of mentioned my book uh, uh, at the outset. Um, one, of the, one of the stories that I tell in that book is about attracting butterflies. And uh, I'll, I'll kind of give a, a, a quick synopsis of that. You know, there, there are lots of ways you can, you can catch butterflies, one of which is to stand in your garden with a butterfly net and wait for a butterfly to, to fly into your garden and then you've got to run around, chase after it, and hope that you catch it. But you've no idea what kind of butterfly it is. And, you know, you're going to waste an awful lot of energy and effort and time waiting for that butterfly to come into the garden. However, if you wanted to, to catch cabbage white butterflies, by, by planting cabbages in your garden, you're not going to be able to keep cabbage white butterflies out of the garden is you're providing them with exactly what they want. They want those cabbage leaves to lay their eggs so that the young caterpillars can feed and grow to become another caterpillar, another butterfly. And, and so by solving the butterfly's problem, by providing them with what they need, they're, they're coming in droves. And it's exactly the same for investors. And you might say, well, Tim, you know, a cabbage white butterfly is a bit common. It's a bit low value, if you like. I, I want a, a nice, bright, colourful butterfly that's, that's got a higher value, you know, an investor with more cash 
But if you planted something called a budlier, which is also known as a butterfly bush, which has beautiful spikes of, of purple flowers typically, that's providing nectar for those brighter butterflies. And, and again, it's called a butterfly bush because it attracts butterflies. And there's no running around after these butterflies. They're coming into your garden because you've provided the solution that they are looking for. And if you can replicate that for your investors, they will come to you. 100%. Absolutely. And a couple of things I've taken away from that and the people that are going to be listening to this can take away from as well is, well, number one, that this doesn't happen overnight. This takes, it takes time to get to know people. Yeah, it, it, it does. Um, now, there's, there's a caveat to that. <laughs> one of one of my things is that there are always options. You know, there's always choices, and it doesn't matter what the situation is. Even if it's a simple yes, no, you've always got a choice. There are faster ways of raising funds, and you know, I've I've been faced with a project with uh, a couple when I was when I was starting out and this was one of the learning experiences that I had and and I was called at uh, 12 o'clock on a Tuesday lunchtime with a with a plea that we needed 150,000 pounds in the bank by Friday and my response to that apart from nearly falling off my chair was okay which which bank account do you want it to go into and I I I I, th I had to do that about three times. So that's not a comfortable situation. And if you want to, to send yourself to an early grave, I'll, I'll share with you how to do that. But it's, it's not something I recommend. And, uh, certainly for, for, for longevity and um, sanity, it, it's, it's not to be recommended. But, but it is possible. It's harder now because... The FCA have introduced rules and regulations, uh, notably PS thirteen three, which which makes it much harder. You know, when I was starting out, those rules and regulations weren't weren't there, so things were different. We didn't have GDPR as well, so th th there were things that we could do when I started that that are more challenging to do now which is why I prefer to teach people a more sustainable way of doing it rather than the, the, the kind of the, the way that you can do it, but, but it's going to kill you. I want to see people stay alive to enjoy their property rather than to be uh, pushing up daisies, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that. And um, <laughs> the second point, uh, just thinking about, because you mentioned a few projects that you've been involved with, and you've also then mentioned the possibility of raising finance for other people. So just to clarify, uh, when we go back to the raising finance aspect, is this all, all funds that have been raised for projects that you've done, or uh, some of them have been a matchmaker process? So, for example, I might have a project up in Darlington, let's say, and I'm thinking, ah, I need 150000 All my investors are all the people that I know, they're all tied up. Uh, now I can ring Tim and go, Tim, here's the project. Let's have a chat. How are you doing? Um, do you think you've got anyone in your database? Is, is it a mixture of that or is, is, a, or is it all the finance for your own projects? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so when I started out, I did offer that as a service. 
what I fairly quickly established, again, through learning experiences, was that that wasn't a terribly uh, good or sustainable way of um, building my building my portfolio and and so I stopped uh, offering that as a as a as a service it, it it just didn't work on so many different levels and I think there are people out there who do do that and I, and I wish them you know every success but it's it's not for me so now I, I just raise it for my projects and, and by my projects I, I have two 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 companies currently um, and I have a team of people in both companies and and it's a joint effort so these these are not projects that I'm doing on my own that uh, one one of the companies is is with uh, David and Beverly Lockett of Red Door Homes and a guy called Steve Jackson and uh, we we formed a company called Corelia and and you know we're, we're, we're currently uh working with investor funds we were actually just about to to, to buy a uh, an hmo about a week before lockdown started and uh that that's that's been put on hold just at the moment but you know we my role within that is is to bring the funds funds in but i insist now that i'm a a, a director of the company so that i have um should we say a, a, a controlling interest in what is going on within the organization so although i'm not a, a detailed person myself I, I surround myself with people who are so david's uh, uh, an accountant by by profession uh, and um is a, a a business um a business um uh, advisor uh, in fact, they've actually just launched the book themselves uh, today. Uh, so, you know, these these are successful people that I have, have uh, paired up with, if you like, because we share very similar values. We we I actually mentored them in, in their early days, so I've got a very clear vision of 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 who they are, where they've come from, and how they've got to where they are. So I'm very comfortable in in working with them. I've got another company in Bristol uh, working with Dan Brown uh, from Habibo Homes, and and again, you know, he, he's somebody whose who's values that I, I I respect, and you know, we work well together. And you know, Dan has his roles; I have my role within that. Um, we're actually looking also at, at, at forming a another company which will look at doing developments and, and that's still very much in the planning phase but it's 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 raising money for my own projects that I, that I have a control not the controlling but a controlling interest in and that just gives me protection and, and it gives me a closeness that means that I can keep keep the relationships going with the investors while we're doing those projects and that, that's that's imperative that's and again it, it goes it ties in with everything that you've mentioned so far is nurture the relationships know who you are know your strengths know your flow 
take time to talk to people, find out what they want. And, you know, again, going back to that contribution compass, put in all the pieces of the puzzle together and you'll end up with, well, you know, nine times out of 10, you'll end up with, you know, great success. And I think that's important for people to, if people are going to take away a key thing from this episode, is, is exactly that. It doesn't matter whether you've been doing this for five years, 10 years, or whether you've just started, that, you know, there's a lot of finance out there. There's there's just tons of it. There's loads and loads and loads of it. And, you know, a lot of it will come down. Well, your network is your net worth, basically. I'll summarize it in, in like that. That's the easiest way to summarize it. Yeah. And, and it's important to understand that it's not just your network. It's leveraging that network. So it's, you know, I've raised hundreds of thousands of pounds from people who are, I should call them in my second tier network. So contacts of contacts of mine. And and that means that I, I've got a far broader reach than just talking to my network. I mean, I, I have quite a large network anyway, but, you know, let's say you had a thousand people in your network and, and they each had a thousand people in your, in their, in their respective networks. That gives you a, a potential total reach of a million people and kind of like how many people do you need in order to be able to find the two or three people that, that actually you're going to be working with and um, making this work. Perfect. I think that sounds like a very good place to sort of quickly sum up. And you know, just a massive thank you for your time, Tim. I think it's been really informative. It's been really useful. I've certainly learned a lot from listening to you. I mentioned at the start that you've got a, a special offer for people listening to this podcast. So the floor is all yours. Uh, what is that? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So um, I have recently launched an online course called Property Ambition. Um, the What we're going to do is we're going to put the link for that because we're creating a special link for listeners of Robert's uh, podcast so that you will get a, uh, a discount from the list price uh, of £150 off the uh, uh, retail price of that course. So it'll, it'll be marked down from £750 uh, to whatever £150 is off that, £600. So actually it's 599 I think, for... for um, listeners to this this podcast so uh, we'll put the link in the show notes and um, if you would like to connect with me I am easy to find on LinkedIn and I'm sure as well there'll, there'll, there'll be a, uh, a connection there aren't too many Tim Matchams around so I'm fairly easy to find and track down but uh, yeah, if you'd like to know more about the course, do by all means get in touch. Happy to talk through. And um, it's it's designed around helping you to raise your first investment finance. And you'll, you'll have access to me in a monthly uh, Q&A webinar, as well as the modules on the course. And we're adding bonus materials all the time. Uh, just recorded in the last week an extensive interview with my mortgage broker talking about the different kinds of finance that are available uh, for investing in property, which is massive value. There were some tips in there that would save more than the, the, the investment for the course. 
just in that one interview. So looking at delivering value with integrity the whole time. And my greatest wish is that I can help people become more successful than I am by adding my knowledge to theirs and taking that and and making a, a massive success. And if I can be instrumental in helping them succeed, that for me is is what drives me, is what gets me out of bed. And if if you look on my uh, website, you'll see a string of testimonials from people who I've been able to, in their words, transform their lives. And uh, that's that get, that gets me in the heart every time. I, I'm yeah, words can't really explain the 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 way that I've been able to help a lot of people so my 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 dearest wish is that i can help more people i think that's something that's resonates with both of us tim to be perfectly honest so thank you for that kind special offer Uh, as you said uh, the link will be in the show notes along with uh, your uh, contact details as well so again go and take advantage of that uh, now and, and learn from someone that's raised a plethora of finance and you know help to prepare yourself in your property investing journey uh, tim just um, again a massive thank you for you uh, let me get my words out of my mouth uh, tim just a massive thank you uh, for your time and i wish you all the best uh, moving forward yeah robert thank you so much for inviting me it's been a pleasure i uh, really enjoyed it and i hope that uh, your listeners have got some value as i say do do connect if i can help in any way be delighted to explore what that looks like thank you once again perfect cheers tim